This episode is brought to you by EverlyWell. EverlyWell's digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. All right, Doug, this is, uh, this is per- potentially an historic day for No Meat Athlete Radio. <laughs> it's, it could be one of those... One of those forks in the road where we look back and say that was that was mm. the moment it all changed. That this could be it. This could be it. Actually, it was actually it was yesterday. But uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> but today it's going out to the today it's going to out masses. to to the masses. That's right. right. And uh, yeah, this is a big deal. We're 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 doing something totally new with this with the podcast. At least we're trying it out. You know, this is not to say it's going to be the case all the time. But we're trying something out. And uh, what well, what is it, Matt? Yeah. So was first of all, I, I'm I'm overhyping it, right? It's not it's not that big of a deal. I, and in fact, I think we've only had, I can think of only one of those landmark days in the podcast before, and that was when we were really close to quitting, and we decided we were instead of quitting, <laughs> we were going to actually just do it really be- double down. Well. I, I don't know about well, but do it better than we were doing it, yeah. and put way more effort into it. Uh, and we did, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. That was our that I'm proud that we had those as the options, and we eliminated the one that was just keep doing it kind of crappily. Yeah, uh, remember, remember when we uh, almost had a landmark day where we we were gonna do video podcasts and uh, and then realized very quickly that like, our phones were freezing and cameras yeah. were awful and yeah, it yeah was it was terrible, bad yeah. bad news. Yeah, so that one, yeah, so really only one of these turned out to actually be a lasting historical moment. Uh, and I honestly don't even know what moment it was. I don't know which episode it was. But anyway, uh, this is I'm excited about this. So what we did yesterday was we did a Twitter space, uh, our first actual one that we, we recorded. Um, now, before you tune out here, I was also not very active on Twitter in the past, I don't know, five years. Uh, but recently I've gotten back onto it, and I've realized that now they have these things called spaces. And it's a really cool format where you know there are hosts who are hosting a live show. There are people who are attending it and listening to it. Uh, but... It makes it really easy and smooth for people who are listening to also participate, uh, and they can, you know, we can easily, you know, bring them up on stage as it's called. We can easily get them off stage when it's time. Uh, we could keep them up as a co-host. I mean, there's lots of things we can do with this. And when I heard it happening here, like when I heard people doing this on Twitter Space, to me it just seemed like a perfect uh, venue for this podcast because to me, like, I don't know, the Knowing Athlete Radio podcast. There's something special about the audience and our connection with you know you the audience listening uh it just always has been that way i think i've said this on here before but like at conferences and things like that when i used to do more of them uh the people who would come up to to my booth or the book signing or whatever the ones who would like be the really big just you know very very grateful happy enthusiastic fans who just were into nomad athlete by and large it was podcast listeners uh and and that's not really surprising. Like with a podcast, you know, you you get to you get to be in someone's ear for forty five minutes or an hour instead of a blog post that they might just skim by or or even a video. I don't know. It just doesn't quite feel the same uh, as going for a run or going for a drive and basically feeling like you're there with a person or a couple other people. Uh, and so many times I have heard people. I think they don't. People don't realize they all make the same joke when they're like, "Man, I feel like I I feel like." Uh, I know you really well, and you must be here thinking like, "What? Why is this crazy person <laughs> acting like I'm their best friend?" And I think it's just a very natural thing to uh, mm-hmm. to, to feel that. I certainly feel that about podcasts that I've listened to. Sure. So anyway, uh, I just think it's a it's a really great thing that we have here in a great group, and uh, I think this format where we can actually you know participate with our podcast audience, our listeners, in a much much more intimate way, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's really big potential for for what we can do and how we can how we can build this into more of a a community so that listeners will kind of get to know other listeners through this format. And anyway, it just seems like a very fun thing to try. Uh, but like I said, it's on Twitter, so that probably means for most people, if you even had a Twitter account, you probably need to reactivate that Twitter account after some dormancy. Uh, I had to do it just <laughs> just for this just for this. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's worth it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this is our our first one. We 
we hadn't promoted it on the podcast, obviously, since we are mentioning it now. Uh, so, you know, just a few people showed up. Um, but we had uh, we did get some chance to try out the the calling people up on stage, and uh, it was fun. It was it was a good time. I really actually it was it was as much fun as I've had doing an episode in in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I'm excited for us to to keep doing these. We're going to add the recordings to the feed like we are with this one. Um and we'll I don't we'll see how long it lasts or how if it turns into something big or what. We just don't know. But we're trying it. It's fun. Uh and it's a really good chance to to kind of get to know listeners. So, uh what else, Doug? I guess we scheduled the next one. So you'll hear this one which we recorded yesterday on July 28th. Uh next one we're doing, uh we have a little work trip in between now and then, but when we get back, we'll do another one of these. Um, actually, no. So sorry. Um, should we edit that out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So this one is going live uh, sometime early August, and the next one will be. We have it scheduled. It's Tuesday, August 9th, ten thirty a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so if you can attend that live, or if you want to attend that live, just go into your Twitter account or create a Twitter account if you if you haven't uh, follow or. You know, my username on there is is no meat athlete at, and that's the no meat athlete account. So it's it's I don't know it's URL twitter.com slash no meat athlete I think all one word, uh, or just you know search for no meat athlete, and then you'll see at the top of the feed there is an announcement of the space where you can click a button and then you'll get a reminder on your phone when uh, when it's going live. So anyway, if you want to do that, um, we would be we would be really thrilled to to have you show up and yeah. participate, and then and then you'll hear your voice if assuming you participate. Uh, you'll hear your voice on whenever we send this out in the feed, so that you can you can get famous overnight like that. And then when uh, people run into you in, in the street, they'll they'll think exactly. of you as their best friend. Exactly, you know? you, and you'll get to have that same weird you'll conversation. Like, oh, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed you on the Twitter space. <laughs> <laughs> that one comment you had was so insightful. <laughs> yeah. No, this is gonna be really fun. It's a good way good way for us to engage more deeply with you. But also still provide the the kind of fun, lighthearted episodes that uh, that people have come to know and and uh, I don't, I'm not going to say know and love, but know and listen to and uh, <laughs> <laughs> know and tolerate. Yeah, no, yeah, know and tolerate. Um, so you know, it'll be it'll be cool. And you could watch it. You know, if if you don't want to participate, you certainly don't have to. Uh, it's just a good way to. It would be a good way to to do it live and kind of have a little bit more of a a raw experience than uh, than what you get on the podcast feed so hope to see you inside the space and if not then we will continue pumping out episodes on the feed and we'll see you there (laughs) all right sounds good yeah so any any other housekeeping done before we begin no no how uh how are you feeling today you know i didn't have a great sleep last night which has recently been typical of me um and it so th- that in combination with doing this, which I guess I'm you know because it's new, uh, and because it's live, you got to be a little sharper, I suppose, than uh, than when we can record and have the luxury of just, <laughs> of just you know <laughs> editing. Um, this made me skip. I had a blood draw uh, scheduled for right after this, and uh-huh. it, it was it's a cluster, just you know lipid panels for heart stuff, just to kind of keep track of that, um, and. Anyway, I, I skipped it because I had you have to fast like for nine to twelve hours, and which I didn't realize. I forgot all about that. Uh, and then I realized that I then I wouldn't be able to have any coffee before this. And I just I don't know. I'm just not not confident enough to to uh, go live <laughs> without a net, also without coffee. So uh, apparently you can have coffee before these tests, and it's like people say, well, it might raise your numbers a few points, but uh, that it's not it's not like it will ruin it. But I've just right. as I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, I have this experience. I have this ability, inability, I should say, to to uh, you know handle some uncertainties. And so uh, we had a sponsor a long time ago, and I did a, a blood work test with them, and uh, it like I it came back that I had this like massively high iron number, and I was googling it, and it had all this increased cancer risk and all this stuff. So like for five days, I just I just researched that. Uh, and, yeah, you and just panicked. I remember that. De- I remember that deep dive you went into. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was straight yeah. up, straight up panic mode. You know, finding anything on the internet and and, uh, and believing it to be true. Exactly, which is yeah, which which is what I think in the early internet that was the tendency. Right? We didn't realize how dangerous it was to Google your symptoms. 
this wasn't quite that, but like, I feel like now people are kind of more mature because we've all lived with the internet for a while. Uh, but I did that and, and determined that I had this massively increased cancer risk and I was going to start, I'm not a big like blood donator. I'm just not a big blood person. Uh, but I was scheduling blood donations to clear the iron out of my system and all this, <laughs> all this stuff. And then only after some more time, uh, I went back, to, went back to the doctor and she got a second test, not done at home or not done like, you know, with, uh, with one of these, the sponsors, just going to the doctor. And it turned out that uh, everything was fine. And eventually I realized, I put it together. I had been doing this fruitarian diet, like trying it for, I don't know, a month or something before this, before I did this test. There were no warnings about not doing that. None of that came with the, with the sponsor test. Uh, it turned out that, that like high levels of vitamin C. Wait, wait, hold on. The sponsor test didn't have a warning that you shouldn't be on a fruitarian diet. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that they didn't. I, I, they didn't I know. It so obvious. <laughs> I, it, it, right. You would think the fruitarian diet would, would be uh, top of mind for this food. But no, they, they, I guess they weren't counting on people being on the fruitarian diet. And my extremely high vitamin C intake is, is my theory is what completely messed up my test. Uh, so anyway. That's why I uh, didn't want to mess with the coffee for this for this lipid test. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry this has been uh, stressing you out a little bit. I think uh, I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs to. No, we it's have... not. I just I just wanted to be be a little sharper. That's all. Yeah. Well, I, I kicked off the morning beautifully. I uh, had a 5 a.m. wake up call to join some guys for a run. Did five and a half miles. Got uh, did a creek soak. And then came home and everyone was still sleeping, which is uh, a little bit unusual. So I, I showered and lay down and took a 15-minute nap. So I feel great. <laughs> that actually is a great set of morning. I thought you were being <laughs> facetious. Uh, no. So you actually do those creeks. Of, I mean, I figured that was a uh, – when you mentioned it a couple weeks ago to me, I thought that was like – couple times a year maybe that you do the creek slope no 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 we we are into it uh now any of these group runs but i've been doing it on my own as well as well uh pretty much anytime i'm ending a run near the creek uh i am full submersion for about five minutes in the creek and you know this is it's much it's significantly warmer than an ice bath you know considering it's summertime but it is it is quite cool and uh definitely is a shock to the system and I don't know. It, it it it'll both cool you off right after a run, which is a big help on a summer morning. But it also, I think you know, it just feels good. It feels great. It's invigorating. Yeah. Also, a uh, a trick for I remember when I was into ultra running and it was really hot in in Asheville in the summertime. The like one of the things that that caused me to shut down or causes anyone to shut down is when your body gets too hot. And apparently, a lot of mm-hmm. ultra runners like do this. Like if you have a nearby creek on a you know fifty mile run or twenty mile run or whatever. Uh, if you go sit in it for 10 minutes and like completely cool down your core temperature, not just a little towel around your head, which apparently you can, you can do that to sort of trick your system, which is, I think is somewhat more dangerous. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, it's like a real strategy. You go, you go completely cool your core temperature and then you, then you get back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've heard of several people doing that. I've never done it myself in part because I, I, I always worry so much about chafing during, uh, during ultras yeah. and like right. the full on total submersion in water is, is just, uh, bound to create some sort of issue for me but yeah. uh, I, I learned something this morning or you know what i i don't want to say that i learned it because i have not fact checked it so i wanted to see if you've heard anything about it uh but we, so we one of the guys... upon, fact checking frowned upon by knowing nothing radio by the way we don't <laughs> okay. we don't do that we don't believe in it <laughs> um so i'm gonna go ahead and say it's 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 true uh and so you <laughs> tell me it's not um <laughs> but according to one of one of my friends say he was saying that he had just read an article that said um you lose more, uh, you lose more body temperature through your hands and feet than you do through your head. Have you heard that before? No. I, when I was a kid, the everyone's the thing that people said was that you lose ninety percent of your heat escapes through your head. So if you wear a hat, mm-hmm. then you know you're trapping it all in. I, there was no reason right. to ever believe that. It was just people said it. Yeah, right. I mean, I think we've all heard that all of our lives. So this was this was new to me, and uh, and. It would be if it's true. And again, I don't know if it's true. Uh, but if it is, that would be really interesting about, you know, trying to cool down by just submerging your, you know, your hands and feet or, or I guess, I guess, that, I don't know if that would work. But, you know, trying making sure that your hands and feet are warm, keeping them warm so that you're, you're you remain warm uh, during mm-hmm. your, your workout. And so if you're hot, cold the, reverse, the reverse works, you can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Plunge I don't them in ice. 
realized I realized that might not be the, the case. All right, let's let's scrap this one. <laughs> okay. All right. So we uh before we get to our our topic today, and for these things, we're trying to keep the topic fairly loose because we do want people to be able to jump in. Uh, this it, not quite like we do with the podcast where we come. <laughs> believe it or not, we can actually be less prepared than we are for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> which so we're not having a bunch of points lined up here. Uh, we really just want to kind of kick off the discussion and hopefully people will join in uh we no one joined our little test effort last time people were here though including a couple people of the nomad athlete and compliment staff i should uh acknowledge full transparency uh but if anyone wants to come up and and say hi by all means do uh you there's a raise your hand button somewhere i don't know where it is uh but you can apparently ask to, to come up on and we can we can and we can accept you on or kick you off when we, when we decide uh so if you want to do that by all means do um It'll give us some good practice, if nothing else. But hopefully, you'll actually contribute something to to the conversation. So, um, anything else, Doug? Before we before we jump in here, no. Let's just jump into the topic. All right. So this uh, this episode was inspired by uh, a a list of simple healthy eating guidelines that I wrote a long, long time ago. I think I wrote this back in two thousand ten, um, maybe even two thousand nine, and came across it recently. I happened to be rereading the Blue Zones, which is my very favorite health book uh, that there is. Uh, and I looked at this list and for, for several years, like in, I don't know, maybe three or five years ago, I got to the point where I was like that, that list, which ter- it was kind of a keystone, it like blog posts. It just, it just was always attracted a lot of traffic and sort of, uh, you know, the, a distillation of the nomad athlete kind of eating principles. Um, but I got to this point where I was like, that was written when I was so new to all this and I wasn't into the science and I just, didn't really know anything. It was just a lot based on like Michael Pollan kind of logic and stuff. I just thought it was a little bit uh, naive, maybe. But I reread it recently in light of kind of the Blue Zone stuff that I've been that I've been again rereading, uh, and I actually thought it was really good. Like I I I believe this list is much more true than I thought it was, or, or much more valuable as a list of eating guidelines than I did uh, a few years ago. And I don't know what this really speaks to, but I think largely it has to do with uh, this kind of something we talked about last time was like this over optimization of morning routines instead of kind of listening to what just might be a little bit more intuitive way to spend your time rather than saying, I got to check off this and this and this item uh, to make sure everything is fully optimized. Uh, I think we kind of do that with with diet in a lot of ways. And I can I can cite some examples, but um, anyway, I, I just thought this list was a good one and I thought it would be a great point to uh, or a great way to to begin doing these twitter spaces and just uh <clears throat> run through the list really quickly and then then we'll then we can discuss and anyone who wants to jump in of course like i said uh is welcome as well so um anyway the, the blog post is called 10 simple guidelines for eating healthier than ever at some point once i stop talking i'll put up a link uh yeah I'm, I, I'm tweeting it out now but i don't know how we oh, get it to this conversation yeah i don't know that either but that's that's what these early attempts are for so we will figure that out uh, but good, yeah. Go ahead and tweet it, and I think you can include the link to the to the Twitter space as well. But anyway, so here's my list. Um, I'm gonna go really quickly through it. Number one, avoid processed foods and choose whole, unrefined foods instead. So nothing really new there. Whole foods, we all know that's good. Uh, get most of your food from plants, and uh, I like that. I, even back then, in the early days, in all my my fervor for this new diet, uh, I still put get most of your food. I didn't say get all of your food because I wasn't trying to you know, make this like a, a militant kind of blog where we accept no, uh, you know, no deviation from, from the rules. Uh, so I just said, get most of your food from plants. <clears throat> Number three, cook your own food. Four, make raw fruits and vegetables a big part of your diet. The only reason that is really here uh, was because those are foods that are, if, if you don't tell people that, like, it's easy to avoid that. You can follow all these other rules, but skip the raw vegetables. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. So that's in here. Uh, drink a smoothie and eat a salad every single day. This is one, the smoothies I'm, I'm a little bit kind of backtracking on. I'm not sure that that's an important rule of healthy eating. Uh, but maybe we can talk about that. Number six, don't eat too much wheat or any one food really. Uh, and truly it was only really like any one food is what this goes for. It's just that all of us, most of us tend to eat wheat three or four times a day uh, when that's probably too much for any one food. Largely because it gets to number seven, eat a wide variety of foods. And if you're eating a whole bunch of any one food, uh, it's going to prevent you from, it's just an opportunity, a missed opportunity to get variety. Uh, recently, we have talked to um, Dr. Will Bolshewitz, who was the author of uh, Fiber Fuel and recently the Fiber Fuel Cookbook. 
Uh, he's got this plant point system. And ever since talking to him, I've realized just how important variety actually is. <clears throat> Number eight, with the exception of a daily smoothie, don't drink your calories. Again, the smoothie I'm a little bit wish kind of wasn't in this list. Um, not that I think it's bad. I just don't think it's necessary if we're trying to, you know, cut away everything that is that is excess. Uh, number nine, eat when you're hungry, but make sure you really are hungry. This, of course, harkens back to that uh, Japanese harahachibu idea, which means eating only until you're 80% full. Uh, in the Blue Zones, we talk a lot about that in the Okinawan, Okinawan diet. Uh, and finally, number 10, break these rules from time to time. Uh, we did say stress-free in the title of this space, I believe, and uh, these are supposed to be simple. So that, uh, you know, that ability to, to zig instead of zag or whatever you want to say, to do something different, to mix it up, the free day, the cheat day, uh, I, think that, I think shedding the stress is, is the real key that that does and allows you to you know, not build up cravings and things or, or resentment. And I just think it's a really good thing to every now and then be able to, uh, to change it up. So uh, that is my list. And like I said, Doug, I think it rings more true than, than I did even a few years ago. Um, so before I get into kind of why, which I already have a little bit, um, any, any response? And is this how, is this how Doug Hay eats in the, in the summertime? Yeah. You know, I would say this is, this is pretty aligned with how I eat. And, you know, we, we've talked at length on the, on the podcast on the athlete radio about, um, you know, the value of, uh, or my approach to, uh, to eating is, is not one that follows a strict meal plan. Rarely do we use recipes or anything like that, but it's much more kind of what we have available in the kitchen uh, and, and trying to just mix up, um, mix up our meals uh, to, to have the variety, but, you know, kind of get a little creative using some, some simple guidelines. So having guidelines like this that are, that are pretty loose, I would say, you know, but, but give you some direction is kind of how I like to approach the diet and running and fitness and health in general. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, you know, I think this is, this rings true to me for sure. I, and I would say, there, there are a couple that I want to point out that um, that maybe are ones that I would take exception to, or at least remove from the list to simplify it even further. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think this is this is great. And you're on mute. My bad. Uh, what I said was that I like this, and I think uh, I agree with it. If there is a way to improve a list like this, it is to cut it even further. Uh, or mm -hmm. even short less, or even shorten the wording. That's what Michael Pollan did so well, right? He has the eat food, not too much, mostly plants, or maybe some different order than that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really, I think the fewer words you can get into your to your food rules, the better. Which is why when he wrote Food Rules, which was his like follow up to In Defense of Food, which was the follow up to uh, the Omnivore's Manifesto, I think it was called, um, or no, Om Omnivore's Dilemma. Um, each of those books got successively shorter, which I thought was really cool that he just kind of kept getting it to the the barely necessary so like when it got to food rules it was like this list of directives and you know a kid can read it uh which i think is is perfect so um anyway yes i agree with you there and i'm curious to hear how you'll do that um but my like i guess just to add a little bit more context to what i was saying about the the over sciencing of stuff um i feel like if like where i went in between really believing a list like this and really following it and kind of where I am now, which is back to thinking this is the best way to eat uh, was like when I started reading nutrition books and started paying attention to Dr. Greger and Dr. Furman. And like, I think these guys are great. I think their research is great. Uh, there are a whole bunch of, of vegan doctors, men, women, uh, and people who aren't doctors as well, nutritionists, dietitians who are contributing lots of good thought to this plant-based you know, diet and, and the way we think about it. Um, but I just, I don't know, like when I think about how I ate while I was following or paying attention to them, uh, I was definitely eating more superfood stuff. I was paying attention more to that. Uh, a lot of times I was eating when I wasn't necessarily hungry because I thought that I wanted to make sure I got these foods in. Right, Gregor has his daily dozen and several servings of each of these foods. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that I got, you know, my three or four servings in of all these things. So I would end up eating more calories than I would have otherwise, uh, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing because caloric restriction in the blue zones, but elsewhere, uh, is one of very few factors that is actually, you know, very well associated with longevity when it comes to nutrition. So, um, 
I just, you know, I, I, I went to this place where I don't know if it's the healthiest way to eat. And, and what I'm talking about, like, you can go from this, like a list like this, which I started to think of as kind of a lazy way to eat. Like, a, well, I'm just going to eat whole foods essentially and not worry much more than that. Um, you can go to like paying what I think is probably too much attention. And like if, if suddenly you're working in quinoa to all your diet or to, you know, every single day, um, when that's a, that's a very specific pseudo grain from, I believe, just a small part of the world, uh, not historically eaten in, in other places. Um, and then you've got all, you know, any other kind of superfoods. And many of these superfoods that we're talking about, the turmerics, the gingers, like these things, not that they aren't good in, in certain areas or in small amounts, but they're, they're almost medicinal the way they, you know, are treated in some cultures. So when we start working them in and saying, this is a daily food we need to have all the time, uh, I really do wonder if we, if we could possibly be overdoing it with that sort of thing. It's kind of a, a logical jump to say like, well, we see the turmeric in the, in a lab or even among, you know, people helps to, to lower, um, cancer rate, you know, in certain time, we see that it sort of attacks cancer cells in some way. So therefore, like, it's how we should be eating for the next 50 years. We should be having this all the time because we don't, we don't know that. Um, the, the associations with that kind of stuff is, is often fairly loose and it's based on stuff like the blue zones, which to me is, uh, fairly convincing because it's looking at a population and how they're doing and how they're, how they're lasting over a very long period of time. Uh, but when it's just based on kind of like, you know, a, a shorter term study than that, or worse to me, kind of a logical jump, uh, then I think it's not great. And I think a, a good example of this, and I don't mean that this is a specific thing that I am, you know, sure is wrong, but like the obsession with sulforaphane that kind of went around the, the you know, scientific nutrition circles for a while, uh, a couple of years ago, like, Yes, we know that sulforaphane is a power, powerful cancer fighter. Does that mean that suddenly we should be like not just getting broccoli sprouts, but treating them a certain way and boiling them to exactly a certain temperature to, that somehow, you know, 10x is their, their sulforaphane content? And I'm making that number up. Uh, and then we should be doing that every single day or several times a day. Like, I, I just kind of think it's very, very possible to take these things that are, you know, viewed as miracle, almost medicines. Uh, and then we kind of over over optimize our diets by putting tons of them in when we we honestly don't know how people who get that amount of that particular uh, compound over over 10 or 20 or 40, 50 years. Like, how do they how do they end up doing? So I think much safer is to go with something that has been around forever, has lasted forever. Um, and honestly, something that that, like we said, can be expressed very, very simply. Uh, and I think, in fact, the simpler we can express it, the better. Uh, so anyway, that, that's kind of where I just am these days with eating. Um, I, I don't know that it's true. It's just kind of how I, uh, how I've, how I've, I guess with, with some more time doing this, I've been vegan now for, I guess, 11 years, uh, vegetarian for two beyond that and uh, a healthy eater before that. I don't know. I've just, I feel like I've, I've evolved it in many ways. Like we said, with the optimization of habits, like I feel like I'm just kind of getting, I'm, certainly I'm getting older, but collecting a little <laughs> more wisdom and experience. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know. I, definitely my, my approach to eating is, is changing as a result. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying our recording of the Twitter space. Uh, interrupting really quick to thank our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Everlywell. Take action today for a healthier tomorrow with Everlywell. Their at-home lab tests can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier you. Everlywell is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. Here's how it works. Everlywell ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days, and you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps. It's so simple, over 1 million people have trusted Everlywell to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. Doug, I just got a text message from Everlywell yesterday saying that their lab had received my vial full of saliva that I had filled ah, up for them. Did you do the, the men's test? Did the, the men's, men's health, health test? hormones or whatever? Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I did that one and uh, filled that vial three quarters of the way up with saliva one morning and uh, shipped it off. It actually is so easy. I love, love how easy it is to, to collect the sample uh, and like I said, put it into the prepaid uh, little bag, slap the label on, and, and get it chipped off. And then you get notifications all along the way. Uh, and it always seems to happen faster than I expect it to. I know. Which it's is, unbelievable. Which is awesome. Yeah. 
For listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash no meat. That's everlywell.com slash no meat for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash no meat. Everlywell.com slash no meat. Everlywell.com slash no meat. No meat. Everlywell. All right. <laughs> Should we get back to the live feed? Yes, let's do it. All right. You know, we talk a lot about this with habits, and, and we've talked about it with, with running as well, is, is there's, there is a benefit when you're just getting into, say, the plant-based diet or just getting into running or just getting into some new habit. Uh, there is that benefit of kind of going all in and, and looking at, this, at every piece of science you can get your hands on and every uh, example of, of, you know, this type of food will, will do this for me and, and this workout will do that for me. And then, you know, just really trying to like overdo it in many ways. And then from that, you kind of learn what works for you, what feels good, what feels natural, what uh, can be stress-free for you. Because, you know, honestly, if you're chasing down every single food that um, that's considered a superfood or has some sort of mega benefit, then that, you know, it'd be impossible. And, you know, where does it stop? So if you can, if you can go all in there for a little while, get excited about it, figure out what works for you, and then back away from that and, and find the right balance that, that is both uh, effective for your lifestyle and, and your health, but also uh, sustainable for you to, to maintain for, you know, beyond just the, uh, the initial excitement. Yep. I am with you. Um, so I'm curious then, Doug, what, uh, what can we do to further, to further refine this? What are the ones that you, mm. that you take issue with or anybody who's here, by the way, too, feel free to chime in, raise your hand again, do that so we can, uh, actually practice calling someone up on stage because honestly I don't know how to do it. Uh, but I'm curious to hear to hear this discussion. Which ones are which ones are good and which ones are we do we need to get rid of? You you called uh, you called the smoothie out and um, number five. So yep. drink drink a smoothie and eat a salad every day. You you called that one out uh, when you're reading through the list. I think for me that would probably be the first one to cut. Um, you know I don't I don't know that a smoothie. You know I love smoothies and I drink a smoothie most days uh, or, or you know multiple times a week. Um, but I don't know that it is essential for, uh, for healthy eating, uh, and salads, you know, leafy greens are, but, you know, but you were kind of, um, we're kind of hitting on those and some of these other ones, you know, make sure that you have some raw fruits and vegetables as a part of your diet and, uh, you're eating whole foods, not processed foods. Um, you know, by doing that, you're, you're kind of accomplishing much of what you would be doing by including the smoothie or the, or that salad every day. Yep. I am absolutely with you there. Uh, I think the smoothie is about the, to me, the only piece of advice in here that for certain people, maybe I shouldn't say this, but for a lot of people, um, you know, could actually be counterproductive, could go against their goals. And that's if, if someone's trying to lose a lot of weight uh, and mm-hmm. if they're already eating some fruits, which is one of the other rules on this list, uh, that you're eating raw fruits and vegetables, because that's kind of the big thing that a smoothie does for you. It allows you to get a bunch of that in a relatively small space uh, in a small amount of time. But if you're, trying to minimize caloric intake, which is another longevity, you know, tool here is to keep calorie count down. The smoothie is, is not usually the way to do that. Um, for me, a smoothie is a really, really great kind of gateway drink into a healthy eating lifestyle because it tastes, I don't know, like if you're new to healthy eating, to me, drinking a smoothie kind of tastes like a dessert or a sweet treat you might go get it at the store. Uh, Whereas eating a couple apples and a banana and some berries, like that just doesn't seem as good. And nowadays to me, that seems great. I love that kind of stuff. But when you're starting out, I think if you're used to eating other stuff, smoothie sounds more appetizing than that. And it's easier to do. You don't have to chew as much. Uh, so it's kind of just a nice habit changer. Uh, but I think it probably doesn't belong in a list of like essential, let's, let's boil healthy eating down to a few rules. Uh, so that's one reason is just, it, you know, the caloric density increases when you, when you blend something up not not by weight but by volume uh it, right so it doesn't take up as much room in your stomach so therefore you're not going to feel as full when you drink a large amount of calories from a smoothie as you would if you ate that food not to mention you don't give your body the time to uh we talked about the hara hachi boo idea this idea of eating until you're only 80 percent full because the the message that you are completely full doesn't uh always get from your stomach to your brain uh immediately it takes some time and so if you eat too much caloric density in your foods like a smoothie you can kind of bypass that and take in more than you uh otherwise might and the other thing with smoothies is like for a long time for me the reason to include a smoothie was that it was the delivery vehicle for all these different superfoods that i now think are are you know at best unnecessary and at worst perhaps actually harmful if they're not something that 
that you know you with your specific genes need to be eating. Uh, so yeah, so smoothie, great habit changer. I don't think it's, uh, it's really necessary. And, and actually, to me, it's, it's not something that I do every day anymore by any means. I mean, I, I kind of rarely do it. That was really prompted by my teeth, as I mentioned before, like my, one of my, my, uh, weaknesses are my teeth. That's my, that's my Achilles heel is my teeth. Uh, so the eating of smoothies started to require lots of rinsing of my mouth with warm water afterwards. Otherwise my teeth would be sensitive all day and et cetera. Uh, so I'm with you there. So what, what have you, I'm curious what you've kind of replaced the, the smoothie with. That's a great question because it, that's actually a rule here that perhaps could be on this list and isn't. Uh, I have replaced the breakfast smoothie with nothing. Uh, and so I typically hmm. don't eat anything. Today I had a, uh, I had a, actually a Lara bar because one that just has peanuts and dates in it. Uh, any, any dates or an apple, anything like that, just some sugar to kind of get myself going. That would have worked just fine because we had this podcast. But if, if I'm not doing this, uh, I probably wouldn't eat till around 11 or so. Uh, and then it's still not very much. It just, I just don't eat all that much uh, until maybe afternoon and then dinner. Uh, so that's kind of the missing thing here is I think they're like, I really don't think we should be eating. Like we, we've kind of learned to eat in this, again, optimized way where we get exactly more or less, especially for following a meal plan exactly the same amount of calories and exactly the same amount of protein, carbohydrate, and fat every single day, uh, which is surely not the way that we evolved to eat. Uh, so I think in the, you know, this sort of modern problem we have is that we actually need to introduce some of that randomness into our diet that our ancestors would have experienced. Um, intermittent fasting is one way to sort of do it. You at least have to go for a longer period without food. If you can do something more than you know, an hour window, like like every now and then you'll do a one or two day fast. Um, I think that's a good idea. And I also think like introducing even randomness to that. We talked to Pamela Ferguson uh, on our podcast several times now, uh, but in one of our episodes where we talked about intermittent fasting, she actually suggested uh, not always doing it for the same thing, like, or the same window, like trying to change it up. So even if you're like an everyday faster and you don't eat until noon every day, she thinks it is beneficial to you to every now and then kind of like we said in the break these rules from time to time, um, every now and then, you know, eat earlier because it just, it just helps your body and gives it some of this randomness that it is probably accustomed to. Uh, I mentioned a while ago, Doug, that book Anti-Fragile that I read, and he's, he's a huge proponent of this introducing volatility and randomness into systems that, that benefit, benefit from it. And the, the human body happens to be one of those systems, um, according to him anyway. And uh, anyway, great book to read. So intermittent fasting, I would, I would, I would add to this. Yeah, and well, I think it plays into the uh, let's see, um, number nine. When eat when you're hungry, make sure you're you're actually hungry. And I think that if if people just took a minute to think about um, whether they're hungry or not, you know, and, and I'm, I'll admit I'm I'm the I'm the worst at this. But, you know, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. I'm the biggest snacker ever. But you know, if people just take a take a moment to think about um, whether they're actually hungry or not, then, then chances are you're not going to eat nearly as frequently as, as you're doing now. You probably won't stick to the same breakfast, lunch, dinner schedule. Um, you know, that intermittent fasting, that kind of later start to, uh, to your meals um, will be, feel a lot more natural. You know, you might, that those first few days for me anyway, you know, as I uh, kick off an intermittent fasting spree, uh, the first few days are, are a little bit harder and you feel a little hungry, but then after that you, after you get over that initial hump, um, it's easy. It's, it, it, it doesn't feel strenuous at all to, uh, to go or like you're starving yourself at all to go to, uh, 11 or, or noon, you know, without, without having a meal. <clears throat> yeah. And I think it's, uh, the idea of like making sure you're hungry to me, that is particularly true around breakfast time, because I think a lot mm -hmm. of us have this idea that we just need to, like, it's just trained into us that we have to eat first thing in the morning because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Uh, mm -hmm. And I heard the argument recently that like the idea that we have to eat before activity is one of the most ridiculous ideas there is because like, you know, historically we wouldn't have been able to acquire the food to eat without activity. So the idea that like you have to eat before you do any significant movement at all uh, is, is kind of a crazy one. Uh, and I think and, that's right. And depending on what you eat, you're not going to, it's not going to process in time to yeah, fuel almost activity certainly not. anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, that's a weird. Now, the funny thing is I was reading, um, in Dr. Walter Longo's book, he's the guy who does the prolon diet. Uh, he's got a book called the longevity diet. And I was looking at some stuff in that recently. And, uh, as much as he's into the idea of fasting, obviously, 
uh, he actually says not to skip breakfast, which is, I don't like to hear that because to me, that's the easy one to skip. And if you're trying to prolong your, your, uh, you know, fasting window, just wait till later in the day, drink some coffee, perhaps in the morning, which I know, strictly speaking, some people are going to say that's, that's violating a fast. Uh, but I think if you drink black coffee with very, very few calories in it, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so anyway, if I have a cup of coffee in the morning, I can usually go pretty long without eating. Uh, but yeah, he said, he said that, uh, and he's someone who I believe knows, uh, he said that it is associated, skipping breakfast is associated with, um, several like age related degenerative diseases, which I, I was, I don't know, don't want to hear that because I, it's just, like I said, such an easy meal to skip. Uh, but anyway, just fair warning. So what does he recommend skipping instead? Like how, where does your long stretch? I think lunch is, lunch is his big one. So I don't know. So, you, if he, so you, I, you eat breakfast and then eat dinner and you kind of have a, this stretch in the middle. Yeah. I think it was like eat breakfast around 10 a.m. or something like that. And then just kind of snack for lunch and then something bigger for, for dinner. Yeah. Different okay. rules for different people. Obviously, like, you know, he focuses on people who are older, who actually need more calories. And obviously people who want to lose weight, who need less calories, they're going to need different, you know, plans for how to do this. Uh, but in general, generally speaking, that's kind of what, uh, what he said. All right. I need to, uh, I need to, again, implore our audience members here to to raise their hand and jump in with something now julia is here an actual nutritionist not to say that the other people here weren't although i know two of them aren't uh <laughs> but but the other ones who have been uh if you want to come up here on stage as they call it you have to raise your hand and then we can call you up. i think yeah, you can invite somebody i'm gonna invite julia hey look we got a request okay someone did matt Tolman requested let's let's see what happens here this is good because it's not a good look to keep telling people like when blog posts keep saying, <laughs> yeah. leave a comment below and then no one does. Right, right, right. It just doesn't does age it. well. So, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> all right. Tolman can now speak. CEO of Compliment, co-founder of, of mine with or with me of Compliment. Matt, you're on stage, I think. I am. I've, been, now I've requested three times just to help you practice and point out that, by <laughs> the way, on the, on the listeners... Uh, interface on our side of the conversation. There's a little request button in the bottom left. So uh, unlike okay. uh, raising the hand, I think in Instagram or whatever, it's it's a request button bottom left of the screen. Oh, okay. So I've been using the wrong wrong term. Yep. And and ignore no the first two there. requests. So. <laughs> I've been missing requests apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're learning too. Well, well, that was actually what I what I decided to join. But I, I I'll I'll add to the smoothie conversation because I love smoothies as you guys know. And, uh, um, one of the, the things that has bothered me recently is that I, I heard that you should chew your smoothies. I think you actually, uh, Matt have, have mentioned something to that effect because the saliva and, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say the, the enzymatic process that, uh, starts with having, um, food in your mouth sloshing around with saliva um, is better for digestion and the whole sort of, yeah, the, the, the gastrobiome process. Um, and that has always bothered me because I really like smoothies. I don't like to sit down with a big bowl of uh, vegetables and have like a salad experience. So what do you guys think? Is that, uh, yeah. is that, is that warranted? I, I do think that's, good advice i've heard that often as one of the criticisms of the smoothie is that you just you can get it past your your uh you know past the past the goalkeeper which would be your saliva um too fast and and so you don't get to create you know begin that process of digestion in your mouth uh so i do think that's valid the solution maybe would be to actually chew the smoothie uh swish it around and all that but then you've mentioned to me that you also have a one of your weaknesses is your teeth and uh that that would probably be worse honestly i mean for me, like that would make the smoothie experience, as far as my teeth goes, much worse to actually switch it around and chew it. But uh, that would do it. A little inside baseball for anyone listening here who's not on the anime team, which is unfortunately not all that many people. Uh, <laughs> Matt you don't have often... to admit that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, transparency. I think transparency is good. Uh, anyway, Matt Tolman, he often comes to team meetings uh, with, with a, a blend deck full of smoothie, and it's not pretty to look at. It's greenish brown. And uh, just chugs it down. He's a smoothie king. You should have you know, a smoothie it's king. a Vitamix. So if we want to okay. open up that debate, I know there's <laughs> some people on our team that are extremely passionate about the the, the pros and cons. I've never actually, used but not so passionate that we wouldn't be swayed by a sponsor if we were if someone were to come along <laughs> and want to sponsor exactly. these Twitter spaces. 
you know, we could do giveaways and all kinds of good things. I think you we know, need, uh, I think we need Tallman's recipe, smoothie recipe. I think we do. Julia, need welcome to the, welcome to the space. Julia yeah. Murray, Olympian well, nutritionist. As, as, <laughs> I, as I think you guys know, there is no recipe. It's literally whatever vegetable or fruit is within reach. And that's why it turns out to be, you know, greenish brown. Mostly. Never red pepper though, right? Uh, no, you want to stay away from the peppers and broccoli as well. Broccoli yeah. is a surefire way to to override anything good. Um, so go with the the cauliflowers, the the spinach, the high water content and <laughs> low flavor profile. I um so this this seems funny now, but fifteen years ago probably I went to a. Uh, a cooking class that was all about smoothies is like how to make different types of smoothies. And um, one of them that we made was a jalapeno smoothie. So uh, there actually may be a time when you want to put some peppers in your smoothie. It was very there, spicy. There is a, uh, an old Brendan Brazier recipe from his first book thrive that mm. he allowed me to post on Nomad athlete in like the first couple of months of Nomad athlete existing. And he just said, yeah, post whatever you want, which was awesome. Uh, but he has, it was a mango jalapeno smoothie. And like that was, mm. there was not much more in it than that. Maybe a banana or two. Uh, and that was actually really good. Like I drink that for, for a long time. Not, not every day, but a couple times a week for, for months. And it was very good. I like hot peppers. Yeah. Good for us. You know, the problem with the che- chewing the smoothie though, I have to say is one of the big benefits of a smoothie is you can just, uh, down it. And I know that's one of the criticisms as well, but, uh, it is, <laughs> it is, so easy to just you know get a whole bunch of things when you're busy and you're running around and everything and you're not thinking about anything except for uh, what you're doing and then you can just kind of consume all these healthy calories um, quickly and uh, if you have to sit there and chew it I mean I know you can walk and chew and you know whatever but uh, it just uh, it, it would defeat whole purpose for you. Yeah, I'm with you. Would, wouldn't be good to just eat and do nothing else, right, Doug? We we have to achieve other things while we're eating <laughs> that's that's exactly right <laughs> but yeah i feel like that's a prod at me <laughs> <laughs> it's, a prod, it's a prod at everybody these days honestly mm-hmm. me yeah, too. Pretty- uh but yeah so like i just it, it's a practical tip and i was going to qualify this earlier doug when i was saying that we should remove this from our list this was on a blog called no meat athletes so it's for athletes uh and people who typically aren't trying to minimize caloric intake and may actually like a way to get a bunch more calories in, say post-workout uh, in a very short amount of time, could be could be the perfect solution for that. So uh, it's not a, a horrible you know, health practice to drink a smoothie every day. It's just perhaps not an essential one. Yeah. Julia, you're going to say something? So, uh, let, me, uh, let me jump in because I was going to ask Julia as well. Uh, if, you're talking, if you had a simple healthy eating tip, especially summer eating tip, what would it be? as a registered health holistic nutritionist? Um, I think focus on seasonal fruit and eat a lot of it and go to the farmer's market and stock up. And anytime you're going for a snack, Doug, and anyone listening, make it free. <laughs> what about corn hey. chips though? Doug loves corn chips. <laughs> They're seasonal, right? Corn Corn's chips. in season right now. It's always in season. <laughs> yeah. I, I love going, going big on fruit though. If I'm hungry just like a big bowl of watermelon or like mm-hmm. peaches are so juicy right now. Um, so always fruit first. That's my tip. Good for hydration too. There you go. And, and to go full circle here, fruit first was, uh, was one of the fruitarian tips. Julie, you weren't here at the beginning, but we were talking about the fruitarian diet, it, perhaps poking fun at it a little bit. Uh, but fruit first <laughs> was like one of their tips. Like if you're going to, if you're going to vary, if you're going to go out on the limb and eat two avocados, which would be, you know, very, very bad thing to do. Uh, then you should eat some fruit first and then you can decide if you still need to eat those avocados. Uh, I kid, I'm not, I'm actually not, I, I think fruitarian is a very cool thing to do. It, it doesn't match much of the eating guidelines here. And I, I have some <laughs> serious questions about it for a long-term diet, but I loved it the month that I was doing it. Uh, I don't actually know why I stopped. Maybe it was because I got the huge iron score. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, different different story. All right, All good. Those... What's that, Julia? All those whole plant foods, probably. They're processed stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that, that is a good thing. We can all agree on that. Uh, whole plants are, are good. And in, for the most part, the more we can eat, the better. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, on that and, and kind of following up on, on what Julia said, one thing that I had noted that was missing from this list was uh, anything around 
seasonal foods and uh and you know and I, I don't know that that is necessary but i think that it's a good uh it's a good simple summer guideline in particular because uh, if you you know if you're getting a lot of your food from a farmer's market or from uh, a csa or, or anything that is providing you seasonal foods from your local region then um it's going to check a lot of these boxes because it's going to uh, be mostly whole unrefined it's going to give you raw foods that you can easily put together mostly vegetables um so it's kind of it just it allows uh, it kind of checks a lot of these boxes easy way for you to um to easy easy uh, i don't know way to to structure your meals is to have a bunch of those foods around and then you can kind of build uh, your actual meals based off uh, based off those yeah that's a it's a great tip uh i mean they're they're they taste way better also they're more nutritious usually than the foods that have had to you know be picked before they were ripe so that they could travel on a truck and then be kind of ripe supposedly ripe when they're at the grocery store um and to me like if, if that's one of your and that i think it's a great rule and it could belong on this list uh like if that's one of your your eating rules heuristics uh then you know you you avoid like the over science stuff like it just like you're not going to get, end up with a whole big plate full of all these superfoods that i like i said not not necessarily a good idea uh you get more just like the foods that people have been eating for a long time typically mm-hmm. and yeah. i think that's a it's a great way to do it when it comes to simple rules yeah right. it's also great for plant diversity and gut health if you're yep exactly eating something that you never have before or you rarely, rarely do because it's a seasonal vegetable that's just shown up in your box then that's that's a win yep the only problem with csa boxes is the glut of zucchini that comes. I always have to, have to mention this. <laughs> if you sign up for a CSA, you will eventually hate squash of all kinds and be putting it like Doug does in cakes and all kinds of other things where it doesn't belong and trying to give it out. <laughs> where it doesn't belong. So we have, we're, we're doing boxes. that right now. We're in the process yeah. of, of trying to just, uh, you know, like leave it on our neighbor's doorsteps. Zucchini is really great in smoothies though. You can't even taste it. And then also hmm. in oats. I just throw it on top of oh, my yeah. oats it's overnight oats or like oatmeal or whatever just shred it up and you can't taste it and it's just extra green huh. i bet if you lived in antarctica and you subscribe to a csa you still would get tons of zucchini <laughs> that, that'd be my guess i think there's nowhere in the world that you don't have too much zucchini in the, in the summertime why why do you just like zucchini matt i i don't just, well first of all it's I don't really like that zucchini mostly it's the glut but it's like, it's a pretty, I think it's fairly low nutrition, like squash in general. I could, I could be wrong here. Certainly the colored squashes, like the bright, the, the orange ones, uh, which I don't know all the names. I, just, I don't really like squash that much, but uh, I don't know. I just think it's not, it doesn't taste like anything. It doesn't, it just gets kind of slimy. It's just, it's, it's a bad vegetable. You just, you're not cooking it properly. That's, that's all there's to it. Maybe the case. No, I, I, I love squash. I love question and zucchini but uh you are right i mean it is it is uh plentiful and it's hard to get through as much if you have any sort of garden that, that has it or a csa then it's uh it's around for a long time too versatile i'm not yeah i'm not there allowed to order i'm not allowed to order anything of that nature because every time we've tried inevitably we just accumulate stuff right <laughs> like it doesn't work and i even went through a phase where i was like Wow, uh, uh, chickpeas, you know, garbanzo beans are, are so healthy and I want to eat more of them and I can eat it by the can, sometimes just a little bit of dressing if you need it. This was, you know, probably right when I started my, my vegan journey. And so I went on Amazon and I was like, look, you can get like a 24 pack of these cans and it's super cheap. Like I'll just, I'll just order on Amazon. And, and of course they got me with the subscribe and save. So I, um, <laughs> didn't eat 24 cans of garbanzo beans in the allotted week or two week time frame. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've lost my privileges to do anything of that nature. Um, because Adriana just, yeah, uh, there was a, a, a an episode where we had probably a hundred cans of garbanzo beans and had to eat <laughs> through them over the course of like six months. So I get it. And by the way, I also don't like zucchini cooked or whatever. It gets all mushy. I'm with you. I should remind everyone that, that rule number six was don't eat too much of any one food. So zucchini violating that, so is ordering <laughs> so many chickpeas. That is also mm-hmm. a big violation. That would be that would be my my daughter, my eldest daughter's uh, dream come true to have that many garbanzo beans. She does. She still does that, and it is one of our best way to um, 
for her to get beans, she eats them every day. She just basically eats beans and sometimes there's another vegetable mixed in there with a little bit of dressing and um it's uh it's a great way for her to get that. Yeah, when, my daughter when you say does she good. does that too. Do you mean she also orders on subscribe and save or <laughs> no, no, no no she she does she eats straight from the can. My daughter does that as well. She will I I've never known anyone does except for my daughter and your daughter who eat beans straight out of cans. It just doesn't seem or not Matt told them to. But uh, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't seem that good. Uh, but I, I think it's amazing though. Like I never would have done that as a kid. Not I mean, not even close. No, uh, no. but I guess when you just when you just are raised eating real foods, not I'm not trying to saying that we do some amazing thing or that like look at us how great we can get our kids to eat. I'm saying it's it's amazing to me that like if you can grow up eating real food, is that the way a lot of us on this call uh, and probably listening to this grew up? Uh, where it's just everything is, comes from somewhere and it's processed in some way or another. Uh, but if you actually like have a garden and you just get a chance to try this stuff, like you can actually like such simple meals as that. Uh, and I think that that really is incredible. Um, so I, we should, we're at 45 minutes here. So I kind of want to wrap it up and I hope people listening to this uh, on the podcast, because we are going to send this out in some form or another uh, on Nomad Athlete Radio. But like the vision here is that, is that all our Nomad Athlete Radio listeners would, would show up. Uh, to this and be able to participate the way you've heard uh, a bunch of our team members do today or a couple of our team members do today. Uh, but like, I think it'd be really cool to have, to have just, you know, everyone able to contribute. Obviously we'd need to do some sort of moderation and decide, um, you know, to keep the conversation moving and keep it good. But uh, I really think it could be good. Uh, the one point I didn't get to that I think is a great way to end <clears throat> is I mentioned earlier that, that this list, like I wrote it, I don't know, a year into no made athlete when I feel like comparatively speaking, I barely knew anything. Uh, about nutrition, especially plant-based nutrition, the way that I do now. And so when I realized that I had really come back, you know, to thinking this list is pretty much nailing it, uh, it was like, well, have I really not made any progress in in 13 (laughs) years? And like that, this is where I'm like, I had it right back then. I shouldn't have messed with anything. Um, And the answer I realized is like, that's not true. It would, I, the way I have followed a list like this has evolved so much. Like when I was trying to follow this in the early days, I don't think I have many specific examples here, but uh, you know, like I was probably putting, I, mean, I know for a fact that when I was talking about a salad, I wasn't having just olive oil and vinegar or just some nut based dressing that I made. Like I was buying some dressing at the store that, that, you know, was a processed food. And it certainly had a bunch of ingredients in it that were processed um, even if they were in pretty small quantities. Uh, I never do that now. Like these days it's, it's oil and red wine vinegar or balsamic vinegar. And, or if we've made some kind of fancier dressing ourselves, but like never, ever do I go buy a dressing at the store and use it. Uh, again, not, not to try to brag and say, look how pure my eating is. Uh, I'm just trying to give examples here of like how it's evolved. Similarly, the smoothie, the smoothie that I used to drink was loaded with stuff, including probably when I wrote this blog post, I don't think I was vegan at the time because I didn't go vegan until 2011. And this was, I think earlier than that. Um, could be wrong. But, you know, I, I had some kind of vanilla protein powder with, from, made out of whey protein from vitamin shop. And, like, that was in my smoothie along with a, just a bunch of other stuff that, you know, these days, not that I think it's going to kill you or anything, but, like, it just, it's just not something I would try to get every day. Uh, so the, the way that I follow this, actually, the way that I follow this list has actually gotten simpler and simpler uh, compared to when, it, when I started at the very beginning. So I, I really think simplicity tends to, to kind of trump everything when it comes to nutrition. Um, you know, don't need to go to extremes with it necessarily, but, uh, I, I don't know. I just think, I think the way we, the simpler we can eat, the simpler we can cook, the more we are eating the, the way that we were designed to. Uh, so anyway, just, just wanted to throw that out there to make sure we realize that, uh, the past 13 years of Nomad Athlete have not been for naught or a waste of time. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just been a long, a long, slow evolution. Uh, yeah, I, I love that, Matt. I think that, um, I think that's a great way to wrap up, but I, you know, I just wanted to pull it in back into something I said earlier about um, the benefit of, of when you're first starting out with something kind of going all in and, and, uh, and diving in deep into all that research and all those different, you know, hacks and, or different kind of tweaks you can make that will give you small improvements um, here and small improvements there. And, you know, part of that process is, is learning how to take simple guidelines like this and, um, and, you know, uh, and figure out what, what's going to work for you and, and figure out exactly, you know, where you can experiment and where you can kind of play within the guidelines. Um, but, uh, but still keep it pretty simple. Still keep the overarching approach. Very simple. So love it. That's all, all right. 
on that note, we're signing off. Thanks everyone for uh, for showing up, listening, and to our podcast listeners for whom this will obviously have have much more reach than than we've had live on Twitter. Um, we will in the intro to this, or maybe in a in a outro, we'll we'll give a specific time. Uh, typically, I think we record on. I mean, I know typically we record on Thursday morning. So often this this live or space might be Thursday mornings, um, but we may we may try to do a little bit more than that. We'll see. Uh, we will absolutely keep you updated so that you who listen to the podcast can come join us live. Uh, hopefully next time. Should we right. have a twenty-four hour liveathon? I don't know what that is. That's where you just <laughs> like, go. We just stay live for twenty-four hours. Oh, people do that. I, I've seen. Uh, I know companies do their like customer you, service. It's just always live on the Twitter space. You couldn't okay. guess what the twenty-four hour liveathon was, Matt. <laughs> just, just make an assumption I thought it was some, some millennial thing that Doug was into, I don't know <laughs> alright everybody, thanks for, thanks for listening and we will see you next week alright, bye